This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. I think that it's extremely important to have our surroundings in order so that we inside ourselves can feel in order. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill. And today, I have a very, very special treat for you all. I am interviewing my family today. (laughs) Yes, Calvin, Zoe, and Nicole are joining me for episode 150, session 150. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know I have this fun tradition every 50 episodes. It gives me a chance to check in with my family. It reminds them that they are the most important part of my life. And it gives you a peek inside of how our family operates, right? We'll start things off with my daughter, Zoe Hill. We'll be chatting about summer, sports, and how she likes to use her chore money. My son, Calvin Hill, will be next. And we'll be going through his love of Spider-Man, learning how to ride his bike this summer, and why we give our money to charities. Last but not least, my final interview will be with my wife of almost 10 years, Nicole Hill. And by popular demand from the Marriage, Kids, and Money community, by the way, you guys should join that. Thriving Families is a great place at Facebook. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash FB group. Or you could join the Marriage, Kids, and Money community through email, which is marriagekidsandmoney.com slash join. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash join. You could join the bi-weekly newsletter that I send out. And that's where a lot of these conversations are happening. Anyway, by popular demand from the Marriage, Kids, and Money community, we'll be chatting about how embracing minimalism allows us to have a happier and less stressed home life. Overall, this is a really important tradition for me, everybody, and I hope it sparks some fun conversations with your family. Without further delay, let's jump into our very first interview with my daughter, Zoe Hill. Welcome back to the show, Zoe Hill. How's it going? Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. What a great way to start the interview. So, Zoe, how old are you today? Seven. Seven. Excellent. Well, Zoe, I want to talk to you about a couple things, but the first thing I want to talk to you about is your summer. Can you tell me what your favorite thing that you did this summer was? Playing with my neighbors and hanging out with my family. Awesome. Awesome. So what do you like playing with your neighbors so much? What, What do you guys do? Um, we think of stuff that's really fun and then we play it. Awesome. Do you guys like running around outside and playing games? Yeah, we go on this big swing. The big swing that Mommy bought for Christmas? Mommy didn't buy it. Santa bought it. That's what I said. I said Santa bought it. Didn't I? No, he said Mommy bought it. Oh, well, I was wrong. It was Santa. (laughs) Right? Santa. Yes. Santa Claus. <laughs> yes, definitely Santa Claus. So so school is coming up. You're going to be in second grade. Are you excited about school? No. <laughs> no? Why are you not excited about school? 
I don't get to see my family. Yeah. Is it too much time away from the family? Too much time. So we've got soccer coming up soon. Are you excited for soccer? You bet I am. Awesome. Awesome. What, what makes you excited about soccer? With my friends. You like hanging out with your friends? Yeah. Zoe, I want to talk to people about how you saved up your money to buy your bike. Can you tell people how you did that? Well, I did lots of chores, and sometimes Daddy gives me extra because I do more chores than I'm supposed to do. Awesome. Well, what type of chores do you do around our house? Garbage, laundry, bird feeder, cleaning up the basement, cleaning up my room, um, garbage. Awesome. And it's very helpful, and we love it. Thank you very much for helping around the house. So when you do your chores, where does the, how much money do I give you, and where does the money go? Seven dollars, and then one goes in give, one goes in save, one goes in invest, and four goes in spend. Awesome, awesome! And so you saved up a bunch of money in your save jar, your savings account, to buy a bike. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm so proud of you for buying that. So if there's a mommy or daddy listening right now and they want to encourage their kids to save, what would you say to that mommy and daddy? Encourage your kids to save. Yeah. How would you how would you encourage them? How would they do that? To chores. To chores. So set up a chore system for them to do it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Very cool. So Zoe, there's uh, one other topic I wanted to talk to you about. You are really excited about giving your money to... Pandas. To pandas. Okay, so why are pandas so exciting for you right now? Pandas are endangered. Endangered, yeah. What does endangered mean? Endangered means there's not that many of them left on the planet. Okay, so you're excited about giving your money to help protect them. Yeah, because pandas are cute. Awesome. I really like that, Zoe. That's very cool. That's very awesome. So one last thing I want to talk to you about was daddy and daughter time. Do you like doing that with me? Yeah, I went rock climbing and it was really fun. Yeah? What made you excited about rock climbing? Um, Because I went there before in Girl Scouts and for a birthday party and it was really fun. Awesome. Well, I really liked it too. I learned a new skill, rock climbing and learning how to tie knots and learning how to do the belay. I really enjoyed being with you and making quality time. So what do you want to do for the next daddy-daughter time? Hmm. Go to C.J. Barrymore's. C.J. Barrymore's? What do you do at C.J. Barrymore's? There's an arcade. There's bumper cars, bumper boats, um, racing, um, laser tag, an arcade... Bungee jumping, rock climbing. Um, all sorts of stuff, huh? And a lot more. Do you think I'll hurt myself by doing all those things? Bungee jumping, rock climbing. I'm getting, you know, I'm not as young as you are. What do you think? Probably. <laughs> well, Zoe, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Would you mind helping me, since you're here, to pick our winner for this month for the review? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Very cool. So we have six reviews this month. Can you talk to our electronic friend and ask her what we need to ask? Alexa, pick a number between one and six. 
Your random number between one and six is three. Excellent. Okay, our third review comes in from Cassia Mish, which is K-A-S-I-A-M-I-C-H. And Zoe is going to read that review right now. I like Andy's fun personality and interesting content. Excellent. Thank you so much for reading that review, Zoe. And thank you very much, Cassia Mish. I will be emailing you to connect and offer you three book options from past guests of our show. Uh, Broke Millennial by Aaron Lowry. Retire Early with Real Estate by Chad Carson. And Freelance to Freedom by Vincent Puglisi. And if you would like your review read by Zoe Hill on the show, please... That's, that's her, right? <laughs> Please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and make sure to take a screenshot of that review and email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com so I know that you left it and we will include your review in this excellent challenge where we uh, ask, uh, I won't say her name, A-L-E-X-A because she'll talk right now and we'll hopefully pick you as the winner. Well, thank you so much, Zoe, and thank you, Alexa, for being on the show. And I love you, baby. And now on to our second interview with my boy, who is so full of life, mm-hmm. Calvin Hill. How's it going, buddy? Good. Awesome. Hey, pal, how old are you today? Five. <gasps> are you excited to start kindergarten? Yeah. Awesome. Did you know you get to ride the bus with your girl, Zoe? Wait, I thought she was going into... Into, like, second grade. She is going into second grade, but you get to ride the bus with the second graders, too. Did you know that? Wait, some second graders are there? Yeah, some second graders are going to be on the bus with you. But then when you arrive to school, you just go into your own kindergarten room. Sound cool? Yeah. I think you're really going to like your teacher. They have really nice teachers at that school. Yeah. Maybe one day we can ride our bikes to school. Do you think you'd like that? Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. I was t- I want to talk about this summer. You conquered one of your big big goals this summer, and that was to get rid of your training wheels and to ride your bike all by yourself. How did it feel when you rode your bike without training wheels for the first time? I don't know. You don't know? (laughs) Did it feel good? Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Did you feel proud? Yeah. Yeah? Why did you feel proud? Because I'm so good at it. Yes. That's my boy. I was so proud of you when you did that, pal. You said, hey, I really want to try to do that this summer. So we took him off. And we first, what did we do? We rode on the grass first, right? And then... You're like, Dad, I think I'm ready for the driveway. So we went on the driveway, and then what did you do? I rode my bike without training wheels. Yeah, buddy. That was awesome. I was so proud. That made me so happy, and I just, I'm so happy that you did that. That was so cool. So maybe we can ride your bike without training wheels to school. Maybe we can do that on the first day. Do you think you'd like to do that, or do you want to ride on the bus? Um, I want to ride my bikes and bus. Are you going to do both? Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. I like it. Hey, I want to ask you about Spider-Man. Can you talk to me about Spider-Man a little bit? 
Yeah. What is your favorite movie with regard to Spider-Man? What's the name of it? Um, Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. Why do you like that movie so much? Because it's good. Yeah? Um, I heard you're making a movie about Spider-Man with your friends. Is that true? Yeah. And then who are you in the movie? Um, Miles. Miles Morales? So oh, that's cool. Are you going to have other characters too, or are you just going to be Miles? We're going to have uh, other characters too. Okay. Can you tell me, like, can you give me, like, one line from the movie that Miles would say? Like, what are your lines? Um, I don't remember all of them. You don't have to remember all of them, but, like, what does he say when he's meeting with his uncle in his apartment and he wants to tell him how to talk to girls? What does he do? I don't remember. Doesn't he, he grab his shoulder and he says something? He, oh yeah, he says, hey. Hey, right? He grabs his shoulder and goes, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and Miles goes like, Because <laughs> he's going through puberty? Yeah. I love it. Very cool. Hey, I have a couple more questions. So, you know how we have our give jar? You seem yeah. to be really happy to give people your money. Why do you why are why are you happy to give away your money to people? Because they need money to like to like give to people. You need money to give to people. What does that do when you give money to people? I don't know. You don't know? Do you think that makes them happy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what type of charities do you give to? I think sometimes you say you want to give people what? You want to give them houses? You want to give them roofs? Things like that? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One time, do you remember when we met with that man, Mitch Album, after you gave your money to the charity, say, Detroit, to give people roofs, and we went to the mall and we sat down with him and he interviewed us. Do you yeah. remember that? Mm-hmm. That was really special. Do you know that man is a famous national author and you got to shake his hand and talk to him on national radio? I think that is just one of the coolest things that has ever happened <laughs> in my life and in your short five years as well. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for being generous, buddy. I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you about one-on-one time with daddy. Do you like doing the one-on-one time with Daddy? Yeah. Yeah? What is your favorite activity that we do together? Um. What about Defy Detroit? Good. Do you like that one? You like that one? Can you tell people what you do at Defy Detroit? Um, we, there's a fun, fun obstacle course there. And you, and there's trampolines, but you Get over walls. There we are. Yeah, those are so much fun. And you get to pretend you are a superhero yeah. that makes webs. And his name is... Miles. <laughs> Miles the Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to do one-on-one time with you this month. What should we do for our one-on-one time, the daddy-son time? Detroit. You want to go back to Defy Detroit and mm-hmm. be crazy guys? Awesome. And then after that is fishing. Oh, you want to do fishing? Awesome. That'll be great, pal. Very cool. Yeah. Well, pal, I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much for spending time with me. I love you very much. I am so proud of you. Hmm. <laughs>
love you, buddy. That was a great conversation. Very proud of my little boy. And now for our final interview of the show, I've invited the love of my life, Nicole Hill. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Hi. Thanks for doing this, darling. I'm a veteran by now. Yeah, this is number three on this show, at least. And then, man, we've done, I think, at least three other podcasts on other people's shows. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) For as much as I hate talking about money, we sure do it a lot. (laughs) We sure do. You must love me. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you jumping on for episode 150. That is uh, almost three years of the show, and um, I just want to thank you for your patience and your love. Wow, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you, yeah, yeah. Can't believe we've been doing this juggle for three years. Yes, three years, and um, I've loved it. Hopefully it hasn't been too much of a disruption (laughs) in our family. (laughs) I'm glad that you've found something you're passionate about. Thank you, dear. Thank you. So last time we chatted, uh, it was very marriage counseling focused, and um, we spent a lot of time talking about how we've gone through some money fights and some ups and downs and the ability for us to uh, work those out, and uh, just wanted to see how you think we've progressed in our relationship since last fall. I think we've both done a really good job of trying to understand each other's background and why we are the way that we are. And I think that makes us more patient with each other. So do we still fight? Yeah. But do we have the ability to take a step back and maybe think about why the person is acting the way they are? And does that help us to come to middle ground? Yes. So I think we've come a ways. I I completely agree. I love how you said that too, because... I think that's one thing that I've learned too, and maybe it's just be getting getting over myself too. You know, where it's like sometimes you get so upset and you're like, well, no, that person's wrong. Or, you know, but really it is just somebody's opinion, right? And you need to step back and realize, well, where are they coming from? And that's something I've 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 learned a lot through the marriage counseling. So do you think that overall marriage counseling has been a good thing for our relationship? Yeah, I do. It can feel like a chore sometimes, but (laughs) I guess, you know, all kinds of stuff feel like chores. Doing the dishes feel like chores, but then we have clean dishes to eat off of and, you know, it feels nice to have a tidy house. So So we have the um, equivalent of a tidy house marriage. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. Clean. We have a clean dish marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I wanted to invite you on by popular demand, by the way, uh, from the Marriage, Kids, and Money community. Some folks wanted to hear you talk all about minimalism and uh, kind of what blushing. you do with your... Um, with your new gig and kind of what you do around the house and stuff like that to create this minimalistic order in the Hill home. And, you know, that could really seep into a lot of different areas, not just the house, but, you know, how you structure your time, how you structure your day, how you interact with your kids, uh, how our marriage works, our relationship with money, things like that. So I wanted to chat about that with you and kind of dive into a few of those areas. Does that work for you? Sure. Awesome. Very cool. So first things first, like, Why do you think, why do you like the idea of minimalism so much? Why does that resonate with you? Two reasons, really. The first being I didn't grow up with a ton. And that 
philosophy or that way of life stuck with me. I just kind of got used to not having a lot of things and having, you know, not having a lot of space to put them in. I grew up with a single mom and we were in a small apartment. There were four of us in a two bedroom apartment. So I didn't have room for a ton of toys or a ton of clothes. So when stuff came in, other stuff had to go out and I got used to that. So I think that's one of the reasons. Also just liking to have things be tidy, liking the philosophy of less is more. I like the idea of having one thing and having it be special and not drowning in too many options. I like that. That's cool. So. That's cool. So you, you've you done this professionally now. You go into people's homes and you help them create order and, you know, this little minimalist lifestyle. So when you're approaching a project, whether it's at our house or with a client, how do you start? Where do you start with the process? What we typically do is, it sounds very simple, but you start in a corner and you just work, you start working. I mean, the main thing is that you just start. That is really the key because sitting there looking at a room that needs to be organized can get very overwhelming. And a lot of times people try to make a plan or they'll go out and buy a bunch of stuff so that they can start. But what happens is then that stuff that they've bought, the bins and the shelving also becomes clutter in the room because they're planning and they're not doing the work. So I think the most important thing and the the best way to start a job is to start it, to just start doing it. Turn on some music, kind of zone out, pull everything out of the room, and then start only putting back the things that are important to you. Um, Make piles for stuff to donate, make piles for stuff to trash. And I mean, but yeah, the key is just to start. Yeah. So when you're done with a work with a client or even just a project around the house, what what type of feelings are 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 there for you personally, I guess, after you finish that project and then maybe for your clients as well? Um so when we complete a job with a client, they typically feel extremely relieved because when basically what you see on the outside is kind of how you feel on the inside. So if you're in a home that's extremely messy and you can't find what you're looking for, that's how you're going to feel inside. So when we are able to come in and help somebody create structure and order in their home, they feel relieved because I think they feel structure and order inside themselves. I try to do that in our house. I know that I personally can't sit down and if I need to, you know, do work from home or if I need to relax or read a book, I can't do that unless I'm in a room and my surroundings are in order. Otherwise, I'm just sitting there and I feel stressed. So I know I need to make my bed. I need need to have all the laundry put away. The countertops need to be cleared off. And then I'm able, my mind feels clear and I can sit down and do the task that I need to do without looking around me and thinking of all of the other things that need to be done. I think that it's extremely important to have our surroundings in order so that we inside ourselves can feel in order. I completely agree. And honestly, it 
since starting to live with you in 2010, I've taken on a lot of your traits, I believe, or I've at least come mm-hmm. a little closer yeah. to being more like you. I think about my car. Like I'd finish a day of work and there might be like food stuff in there that I ate from breakfast and whatever paperwork that I would just leave in there. And then after a week or two, it would just get piled up of crap, you know? Now, through your influence, every time I get home, I clean up my car every time I park in the driveway and make sure it's completely clear before I come back in the house. And it makes me feel like, ah, this is my car. I own it. I'm taking care of it. I feel less stress coming into it, being looking at things inside of it, being like, oh, I got to get to that or I got to do that. Nope, I take care of it every day after work. And I think that is based on your influence. So thank you. <laughs> sure. I, I also know I've read um, books about, for example, the um, who's the guy that does Facebook, owns Facebook? Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg has a whole idea about how he, he'll wear the same outfit every single day because during the course of a day, we make an insane amount of decisions. I mean, before we even leave the house in the morning, just getting ready for leaving the house, you you make like something like a thousand decisions. And so he decides he will just wear the same thing every day. That way his brain is not getting tired making these decisions that really aren't all that important of what color to wear and this and that. So that that can be translated to also our surroundings. So if we are constantly bogged down by looking at all of the things in our bedrooms and our kitchens that need to be done. If I have a, a kitchen full of undone projects, there's dishes in the sink, there's laundry on the table, there's toys that haven't been put away. I already, before I've had my morning coffee, feel like my brain has been in a thousand different places when I it hasn't. I haven't done anything yet, but I've looked at things that need to be done. And so if you're constantly living in a state of making so many decisions a day or looking at so many unfinished things a day, I think that can really stress you out. Well, what would you say to somebody who's listening to this right now that says, that sounds like my everyday. I'm walking into my house after coming in from work and there's dishes in the sink, there's mail piled over there and like I just can't get to square one. Like how do they get to square one? The very first thing I'd, I'd uh, recommend somebody do if they're ready to get their lives in order and they're annoyed with the clutter around them is to get themselves inspired. So whether that's watching the Marie Kondo show on Netflix, whether it's watching the minimalists documentary on Netflix or reading blog posts, get inspired because in order to, it's going to be a lot of work. And in order to get through it, you're really going to need some passion around it. And so read a book, watch a show, do something that's going to put a fire under you. The next thing I'd recommend is to schedule it on your calendar. Don't schedule anything else for that day or that weekend. Just plan on really working really hard for a day, a weekend, whatever it is that you can do. I don't really recommend doing much more than six to eight hours. I think the brain starts doing funny things after that and you don't want to burn yourself out. But after you're done for the day, take a shower, have a glass of wine, relax. But I wouldn't schedule you know, a, a dinner with friends after an entire day of organizing your house. It's just too much. So schedule a weekend, put it on your calendar, 
and really set aside that time. Get help if you need it. So with scheduling that time on your calendar, invite a friend over that will be good support throughout that process or hire a company that's going to come and help you because a lot of times when it's our own stuff, it's a lot harder to part with it and you need somebody to to kind of kick you into gear or to give you a different, fresh perspective. And then I guess the next thing is just do it, you know, just start it, do it, do it. Have a cup of coffee to get yourself going or whatever that is, a nice breakfast, go for a run, turn on music that you like that you can zone out to. But I always think of this commercial, this this Nike commercial that was, or maybe it was an ad, uh, a print ad, and it said, if you would have started instead of thinking about running, you would have been done by now. And so I think about that a lot, you know, when there's something that I need to accomplish in my life, don't put it off, just just start doing it. I recommend starting doing piles of donate, trash, and keep. Um, pull everything out of that space. So if it's a really messy closet, pull everything out. Start making piles of it and whatever you're keeping, put back in in, a, in an organized fashion, refold or rehang. And at that point, when you've decided what you're going to keep is when you would buy new a new bookshelf or a new bins and a you know labeling them so waiting until the end to to do the purchasing so that's what i would recommend i like that those are good opportunities for people good steps for people to start to really tackle the organization of their home we'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks 
per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Thanks for taking the time to consider our sponsors, everybody. Let's jump back into the show. I walk in our house and I I feel like I feel like it's home. I don't feel like there are things to do or things that are, you know, nagging at me that I need to do. The way you've structured things, the way that it's easy to find stuff, it's just a stress-free place to live. And I, I really enjoy that about here. So thank you for one. Um, but this is also <laughs> something welcome. that you are teaching to our children too. So what ways have you found that you can communicate this ability of minimalism and order with our kids? Well, I do my best, but kids are <laughs> kids are really prone to wanting to have more. I mean, the amount of stuffed animals that they would have if I didn't, you know, really kind of command that they keep it to one bin or one tub. They they would have them all over the floor. They would have them all over their bed. They love tiny little toys and tchotchkes. And so I have to ride a balance with them because I don't want to take away the joy that they have with all of these things. When they get older, I think that they will appreciate the less is more. And we do try to instill that. But I try not to go overboard because they're not adult brains yet. They're still child brains and they still want to have a hundred pencil erasers. Mm -hmm. One of the ways that that I think we've tried to keep it under control is that we do make them purge before Christmas so that we can make room for new toys and they've gotten used to that. So that's now just a tradition and they're totally they they have fun doing that and they think about how it's going to bring joy to other children. So that's really cool. Another thing that we do is after birthday parties, we ask them to pick out some of their favorites and then we return some of the other stuff that they might not use or we'll donate some of it because having getting so many things at once can kind of make somebody feel, well, first of all, I think it's overwhelming. It's just too many things to be able to appreciate. Um, and again, they've gotten used to that and they're kind of happy with that tradition. They think about the kids that they'd be donating some of their things to. And then the other stuff that they don't really love will return and then they can save up and go shopping with that money from whatever store it's from. So that's one way or that's two ways, the mm, Christmas ways, clean yeah. out, the, the birthdays. And then the other thing that comes to mind is that just we have donation um, areas in the house so that 
any time during the year they put on a shirt and oops, it's a little too tight, it just goes straight into the donation pile. And then we have a pickup every month or two months so that we're not, you know, keeping stuff in our drawers that is three sizes too small. So, um, and these lessons work well for husbands too. So, (laughs) (laughs) so that donation bin is in our closet. Yeah. And when a shirt doesn't fit or it's got some holes or rips in it, it's like, okay, dude, that's, that's, that's good. Um, and, uh, you can either throw it in the garbage. Holes should go in the garbage. Well, holes should go in the garbage. Sorry. Bad bad idea. It doesn't fit anymore. (laughs) Maybe it's a little worn. Then, yeah, donation time. But, yeah, absolutely. Oh, another way that just came to mind is that we've recently instilled, because they get a lot of money sometimes for their birthdays. So we have designed a rule that they now like and appreciate and look forward to, which is that they can buy one new toy per month. So instead of taking all of that birthday money and going and buying 10 new things, and again, like having so many that you can't really play with them all or appreciate them. So that's kind of what was happening. We were going down that path. And when we had the Hatchimal, $60 Hatchimal that got played with for 30 seconds, and then she bought another toy, we were like, all right, we got to stop this. So one toy per month. And they look forward to it. They say, oh, they plan it out. We go to the store. They're really responsible with it. And then they don't ask for things the whole rest of the month. Sometimes they even say, okay, I want to put that on my list and I'll think about it for my September purchase. That's cool. You know, I, I just want them to learn to not always want for more. Just have something and appreciate it. Absolutely, so. and it's and it's that kind of funny position because we're in a position of privilege for these kids too. So they've got grandmas and aunts and uncles that are giving them money, and then we give them chore money. So their jars end up being filled with money, and it's like, okay, well, are we doing the right thing? And I really like this this thing that you started with them because it helps them to appreciate when the month comes up. Then they have the money to spend, and it just makes it a little easier for their for their little brains to get it. So. Love what you're doing around that for the kids. Wanted to talk a little bit about minimalism with the money side of things. Well, we do. So, you know, we've we've met a lot for, whatever, seven, eight years now for our budget party. And we talk about how we can categorize things for our, for our budget. Uh, do you think the way we've been doing it lately has um, honored these sort of minimalistic views that you have with regard to life? I think so. I think that we have categories, right? So for example, clothing, and I can spend $100 on clothing per month, and so can you. Mm -hmm. And so I know that I can go to the store once per month and I can buy you know, five new shirts and or whatever it is, my new running shoes. Um, And similar to how it is with the kids, I think that having those parameters makes me feel really good because A, I know when I can go buy something and then I don't feel guilty about it. And B, when I'm getting just a few things per month, I'm able to wear them and you know, enjoy them. Same thing with the purchases for the house. You know, I have a certain allotment to spend on the house per month and that way I can buy a new chair or whatever it is guilt-free. You know that I have a certain amount. I don't have to double check with you or ask and 
I can enjoy it for that whole month before I'm thinking about, okay, what's the next thing that I had on my list and when am I going to be able to get that? Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Less decisions, less conversations about it since it's planned ahead of time. You know, we've even talked about separating some accounts for your fun and my fun and then ours, like your, yours, mine, and ours. We talked about that with... Um, oddity shaker from zeta on her show the money date podcast that was fun we haven't moved that way because i think the categories have worked what do you think i think so yeah we don't need a separate bank account for mine and yours we just have our line items yeah and so i have my hundred bucks a month for going out to dinner with my friends Mm -hmm. and so do you And we know that each other is going to spend that, and that works for us having that line item. We don't need to necessarily have a whole separate bank account for that. So I think I think our the way that we've done the line items works. Yeah. yeah. One thing that we talked about doing was potentially using some of our savings to buy a rental property, and this has been a you know discussion of ours for probably a year or two now. And we're getting to that point where we almost have enough to kind of pull the trigger and make it a reality. Some things in my brain have sort of felt like, hey, this may be not the most minimalistic way of going about, you know, pulling in money and, you know, and 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 living together in our marriage because of the responsibility of finding the right location, finding the people to help us to set it up, uh, you know, managing the property, things like that. It's it seems it seems like a lot for young parents to to deal with with all the other things that we're doing. How do you feel about it, given your minimalistic views? I was excited about it until we started looking at properties that would need a lot of updating, which is pretty much what we can afford right now. So I think to your point of it not being a a minimalist investment, it wouldn't be. If we had to renovate a house and we don't have all of the connections, we don't have an electrician, we don't have a plumber, we'd have to find all of these people, test them out, trial and error, probably lose money on the first couple ones that we did. So no, I don't think that would be a very minimalist (laughs) way to invest our money. However, if we, you know, if there if the market tanks again yeah. like it did in 2009 <laughs> um and we could get a great house that mm-hmm. needed no updates, I would be okay yeah. with doing that. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I don't think I don't think that would be with having still having two small kids. We're trying to figure out our careers. You have a side hustle. Yeah. I think that having a house that needed a lot of repair it would be like a money pit for yeah. us. Well, a time and a time, time yeah, time suck. Absolutely, money pit. Yeah, I mean, we got <laughs> we have so many things going on, and you know, I'm always the big idea guy. I got new ideas changing all the time. I come home and tell you new things. Very much a maybe maximalist in in a sense. <laughs> so yeah, I think at this point, right now, it, it's sounding like something that we might not move forward with, but. Who knows? Right, like you said, if there if there's a new opportunity that pops up that fits really well, that doesn't require a lot of upkeep, and you know we can find the right connections to make it work, it's something we'll throw out there. But right now we've got a lot going on, right? So, so on that note, you know I, I do have a lot of ideas. I do live bring a lot of things to you. Every it seems like every week, right? There's a new thing, new <laughs> new opportunity. So new book you've read. <laughs> And therefore, everything in our lives need to change. Yeah, I have have something wrong with reading books. I read a book and I just, 
every time I read a book, I just feel like the author is so smart and they know everything about it that I must do exactly as they say. And that's, I think that's like a anti-superpower of mine because <laughs> I go, go in so many directions. But with regard to minimalism, does that just drive you nuts that I'm like that? <laughs> No, it doesn't drive me nuts. That was one of the reasons that I loved you and was attracted to you because you seemed to make everything seem so easy, you know? Um, You want to get your MBA, you just got your MBA. You want to, you know, whatever it was. You want to start up a, a, a band in your basement and perform at local bars and you just did it. It's, I think you and I balance each other out in that arena. You are a maximalist and I'm a minimalist as it relates to our lives. I would like to think, I mean, not to say that I'm always content and in this great space of contentment and and zen, but I try to, um, that's what I strive for. I strive for contentment. And, and so you strive for always making yourself better so sometimes those two things can really clash, yeah. you know? I just want to be happy in our home and sit in the backyard and enjoy being on the hammock for the day and you want to sign up for a marathon and <laughs> work on your podcast and 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 and. Mm-hmm. Oh, your name is Andy. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Oh, there we go. That's kind of funny. I like that. (laughs) You are truly an Andy. Andy. Yes. So, um, but you know what? You, without you, I said this the other day, without you, I wouldn't have run a marathon, which I am so proud that I did. And without me, you wouldn't have laid in the hammock the other day, which you really enjoy. I love laying in the hammock. So Thank we you. Just, that I, hammock I, wouldn't I, exist if it weren't for you. Yeah. <laughs> I try to slow you down and make you take time to just be content in the moment. And you push me to, I think, do things that I wouldn't normally have pushed myself to do. So does it drive me crazy? Sometimes. I mean, sometimes we pick at each other about those things, but in the grand scheme of things, I think we both make each other balanced out and better. I love that. Thank you so much. That's such a great message. I I completely agree. And, um, that's why I love you. I love you very much. (laughs) Makes me very happy, especially as I'm doing some maximalist things of doing 150 episodes (laughs) of this podcast over the past almost three years. We're about to go on a really fun family vacation next week. I'm really excited to go on with you. So thank you. Thank you for your support for my maximalist craziness. And thank you for helping me to... do what I can. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And thank you for helping me to see the beauty and fun and contentment of your minimalistic ways. (laughs) All right. I love you, baby. are truly my favorite episodes, my friends. I love my family and doing this every 50 episodes or like once a year pretty much is a fun way to honor them and share what's going on in our lives. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with Nicole about how we can embrace minimalism to make our family life easier. Number one, if you're organizing, just start. If you've got a big project you want to get done around the house, like cleaning out the garage or organizing the kids' toys or making sense of your 
cluttered closet. Nicole's advice? Just start. Procrastination will be the death of us in this process. Pick a corner and get to it. Number two, create minimalistic habits for your kids. Nicole has been an excellent guide for our kids when it comes to keeping a tidy house and helping our kids appreciate what they have. One of my favorite traditions she has is periodically doing a purge around the house, like around back to school time or the holidays. This keeps their rooms from being overcrowded with stuff and helps our kids truly appreciate the new stuff when it comes in. Number three, use a budget to keep your finances simple. Lately, Nicole and I have been pretty content with our money management process. Our monthly budget parties really helped us to get to that place. Creating specific categories that are set aside for fun, like dinners with the girls or going out to movies with the guys, it really helps us to avoid those money fights and keeps our conversations around money in general pretty minimalistic and simple. Nicole, thank you so much for sharing your minimalistic ways with me and the Marriage, Kids, and Money audience. And thank you to Calvin and Zoe for updating us on your lives at 7 and 5. I really look forward to sharing what's up in your lives at 8 and 6 next year. (laughs) Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do any one of these three things to support this show. Number one, subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. Just push the button and you'll make me smile. (laughs) Number two, share this episode with a friend who wants to add some minimalism into their young parenthood. You can find this show and all the links and resources mentioned at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 150, session 150. And number three, the last one, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Those reviews help more people give this show a chance. And as we shared earlier, there's awesome perks like a book giveaway and my lovely daughter reading your review. So thanks for considering it. And if you're new to the show, I would highly recommend you check out session 116, the 10 steps to young family wealth and happiness. You can find that at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 116. It is a great place to start. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from a Spanish proverb. An ounce of blood is worth more than a pound of friendship. Family first, my friends. Carpe diem. Carpe diem.